Final week, baby. A final show for the year. We won't be returning on grand final night. Uh, I'm Chris Kennedy. Kenny Scott is with me as always. Kenny, you pumped for our final show of the year? CK, do you ever take just a moment to reflect about where we are and how far we've come? Uh, 20, 20 rounds, a pandemic, an epic final series, and now here we are, the last episode of the year. I'm pumped. Bring on grand final week. It's been quite the year, and uh, I'm pleased to welcome for his Sunday session debut, up-and-coming NRL.com crack reporter, the man who's one day going to take all of my jobs, Troy Whitaker is here. Happy to be here, mate. Big, uh, a lot of pressure on me coming in a grand final week, but I'm excited to be here. Coming in off the bench for a, a few strong carries. I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's get straight into some games. Uh, last night we saw, or Saturday night we saw the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Um, Kenny, I'll start with you. I thought probably midway through the first half, late in the first half, the floodgates were about to open. I thought, you know, Souths have started strong, but Penrith, they're asserting their dominance, going to end up being, you know, 30 points to 12 or something, but not the case. Yeah, this was a really, this is an odd one, wasn't it? So I was, I was out at this game and uh, hashtag humblebrag. I had some pretty good seats. Um, so I got, a re- I got a really good view of the match. And the whole time it felt like, it felt like the Panthers were, were clearly on top, but had never, could not uh, ever deliver the killer blow. So um, like they bombed at least two tries and two, maybe even three tries in the first half, just through, you know, like a forward pass or a pass over the sideline or a kick when all they needed was an inside ball and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, but like the, the energy, like we've been speaking all year about the energy and the enthusiasm that Penrith have been bringing to each and every game. And that was clearly there. The execution was a little sloppy. And I think that's really something they're going to have to work on for next week. But the Rabbitohs, really surprised me in how how they managed to stay in that game because you could see clearly on from about 20 minutes in the Rabbitohs were gassed they were so tired they were like walking walking back to get on side they were bunched up they were it, it, it had Penrith been able to um, string their passes together properly maybe they out enthused themselves and lost their game plan a little bit they should have laid on a, like a whole bunch more tries but um I just think it probably just shows through to the, the, the grit of a couple of players in that in that Rabbitohs team, namely um, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, who I thought were pretty good anyway, um, and the, the coaching style of Wayne Bennett to keep them in the fight. But Panthers, you can't stop them. They are on a roll of uh, happy, enthusiastic, glowing rugby league at the moment, and it's going to be a great game next week. It sure will. A few of those uh, plays you're talking about, I think Cleary on the, the right edge had that pass float forward into touch that was aiming for Brian Toto. Uh, Josh Mann saw that pass uh, to Kurt Capel over on the left, just floated forward out of the hands. And I think Jerome Luai had pretty much a three-on-one and, and kicked ahead when he uh, probably could have just done the old yeah. draw and pass. He, he got the uh, the drop out of it. But yeah, they, um, they certainly left some tries um, in the tank. Um, Troy, what did you make of this one? I was quite impressed with um, the way the Rabbitohs bounce back from, you know, you, you look at Cody Walker completely nullified in that first half, that, you know, slick Panthers sliding right edge just completely shut him down. But as the game wore on and the fatigue came in, he really found a way to assert himself, try assist to Dan Gagai, a line break assist, you know, the um, try saving tackle from Alex Johnston on, on Stephen Crichton, you know, Cam Murray's performance playing, I don't know where he was, right centre, left edge, back row, lock, just a bit of everywhere, probably, you know, one of the best players on the field. They, um, they were pretty impressive uh, after surviving all that early pressure. I think Wayne Bennett said in his press conference after that the week off made a big difference and it just seemed like Penrith were sort of a couple of gears ahead to start that game and uh, sort of when it came back to an even level, yeah, the Rabbitohs were 
fantastic. Um, obviously, Appy Coruscant was great for the Panthers. Isaiah Yeo, but the guy I was really impressed with was Dylan Edwards. I thought he was just rock solid after that early era. Um, under every single bomb, just as cool as you like. So I think he's been really underrated. And um, yeah, he'll be good for them next week as well. Yeah, probably didn't get too many of the, the plaudits immediately post-game, but I thought, you know, potentially one of his best games in first grade, really, Dylan Edwards. It was only, was it last year he um, briefly dropped, was having some real sort of yips under the, the high ball and, um, you know, had to go away and work on his confidence and form. But the, the season that he's put together has, um, you know, been, been fantastic. Yeah, I think there was a game out there at the Riff last year where he dropped like five bombs or something like that. So mm. to do what he did last night, that was just pretty incredible. What do we think, um, Kenny, we'll probably t- we'll talk about the Storm more in a second, but Penrith um, going into a, a grand final, very few players in that team with grand final experience. I know uh, Jimmy Tamo won a comp with the, the Cowboys. I have to go through the list, see if there's one or two others. But um, low on finals experience, it hasn't hurt them so far beating the um, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, although both of those games are a lot closer than they probably could have been. How do you sort of rate the, the Panthers, this, you know, this crack young squad that's only lost one game all year going into a, a grand final? That that whole that trope of, of finals experience is is that actually a proven statistical factor? I, I don't see why why it would. I mean, like playing they've come through this final series, which has has all the pressure of um, high stakes and the crowd, and they've got some Origin players in there as well, so they know what a um, you know a, yeah a high stakes game is all about. I, I think a lack of grand a lack of finals pressure, especially grand final pressure, is probably better for them because. It, it just sort of goes in with the whole, you know, to quote Martin Destazio, the vibe of this team. And that is happy, youthful, enthusiastic and cohesive. And I, I think that whatever the game is, and I don't, I don't really think that's a huge factor. I think for them, it's just another game and this is what they've been working towards. And they're just going to play the way they've always played, which is with energy and, intent, and intensity and a smile as well. Troy, they obviously get uh, Viliami Kikau back from suspension. Um, Kurt Capewell, I thought a, a little bit dusty early on, but then um, sort of got better as the, the game went on. But, you know, Capewell back to the bench and Kikau in on that um, starting left edge. They'll, um, you know, they'll be, they'll be better, you would think, than they were last night as well. Yeah, what a luxury to win a prelim and then you get to bring Viliami Kikau back in for the grand final. I think you're right, though. Capewell, you know, he had some uh, bit iffy moments, but he was solid overall. So I think he'll do a job off the bench as well. And um, what did you make of Brent Naden being benched? And then he obviously didn't end up getting on the field. I guess just with the, you know, there were no injuries and how tight the game was, it was tough to find a way to get him into the action. But um, I've been clearly starting with Tyra May on that edge and then ended up not using Naden at all. I was really surprised by that decision, but I thought May justified it with two big plays in the first half. He competed on that bomb from Cleary, forcing there from Alex Johnson and Brian Tyler ended up scoring. And then obviously he was on the end of another Cleary kick to score himself. So um, I think it was a, a more defensive decision. Cleary said to shore up that right edge. So um, it'll be really interesting to see which way they go for the grand final because Maiden hasn't done a lot wrong this year. No, it's 100% true. And Tyrone May probably with a bit more of that utility value as well. So it could be useful off the bench if he has to cover, you know, or edge forward or hooker or whatever through through injury um, in the grand final. Anyway, let's talk about the Storm and the Raiders. Kenny, kick us off. This was um, a, a night of supreme disappointment for Raiders fans. It promised so much, but maybe they, maybe they played their grand final against the Roosters a week earlier because they just did not show up at the start of this game. Yeah, a bit of a cliche, isn't it? They they played their grand final a week early, and they, I mean, the the effort and 
intensity that they played with against the Roosters that last week just wasn't there this week. It sort of started coming into the game towards the end, but like you can't, I mean, everybody knows you just can't give up a lead like that. That was, and a little bit, I think was, it was down somewhat to the Raiders not being ready um, uh, for what was, what that, um, for what was coming for them, but just the, 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 the magnitude and the power behind that Melbourne, the first 10 or 15 minutes from the Melbourne team was almost unstoppable. I don't think any team could have really gotten in the way of that. There were some really, some pretty clumsy defensive errors that contributed to some spectacular tries. I'm going to call out um, Croker's miss on um, Vunavalu as odd. I don't know how anyone could have missed that tackle, um, but it happened anyway. Um, and yeah, I think the game, it's unfortunate. The game was probably done from then on. The Raiders really showed some, some grit and determination to sort of show that they were still up for the fight, but just couldn't convert. They had their chances. Like there are a couple of really, really basic draw and pass opportunities that I think they just, they just didn't execute um, properly. Like um, a couple of passes from Rapana were held back when they should, you know, if he'd given it earlier, probably would have been a try, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, like this Melbourne team, it's just Melbourne, right? Like you can't, in, in the big games, they, they deliver. And, you know, if, if the images that we saw post-game are to be um, followed to their logical conclusion, what looks like Cameron Smith's final season, Melbourne are not going to, not ever going to let him down. Um, and, you know, it is as it was uh, expected, I guess. Yeah, the old Willie won't hear. It's every single sort of interview, every single, it just keeps going on and on. I'm not going to dwell on the, the Cam Smith retirement because it's been so saturated elsewhere. But um, Troy, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly. If he does retire, Melbourne Storm, so good in milestone games, so good in, you know, sending people out on the, the right note. Um, does does Cam Smith get to write his own fairy tale and, and finish with a, a grand final win? I think so. I think obviously they'd know what he's doing by now. Um, as you said, so good in milestone games. He's so good himself as well. So um, if that's the case, I don't think they'll let him down, as Kenny said. And the um, the storm overall, just uh, as you know, as much as Canberra missed the jump in this game, the storm to start. You know, the speed of you know Pappenhausen and Adokar out the back, the the brutality of um, you know Jesse Bromwich and Nelson Asfa Solomona through the middle, the you know the skill of, of Jerome Hughes and what he was able to do in this game, they were, they were pretty frightening. I think Jerome Hughes was a guy I was really impressed with. I think that was maybe his best game that I've seen. He's always been that really valuable running halfback, but his kicking game was just so astute the other night. So he just continues to evolve and get better. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a good thing for the Storm. A fullback by trade, he was kind of a, a utility. It was He was swapping the role with Brodie Croft for back and forth for a couple of years. Um, has played fullback when they've needed him, when someone else has been out, Slater or, or Munster. But, um, you know, definitely a, a makeshift half, but he's he's really got there this year. The, the development in his, his passing and his kicking game and those proper sort of halfback skills, not just the, you know, I guess the running skills and the, the general support play that we associate with fullbacks. It's really blossomed this year. It's quite remarkable what Craig Bellamy's able to do when he when he gets a halfback. I think Cooper Crump started out as a hooker as well. So, I mean, he's taking these guys that aren't sevens by trade, as you said, and turning them into um, genuine playmakers. So, um, he's, he's just the master. Kenny, um, throwing forward to next week, the Storm, you know, the, the Panthers aren't going to start the grand final the way that Canberra started this prelim, but um, the Storm are the, the masters of starting quickly. What are you predicting from the Storm next week? 
Uh, uh, more of the same. I think the game is going to be. I, I don't want to draw on Cam Smith, but I, you know, I think it's probably going to be his last game. And there's no way the team is going to let he, let him down in any way. They are going to be so primed and so pumped up for this game. And I think it's going to be like the two teams are, per, are, are pretty evenly matched in that department because, as I was saying earlier, the the Panthers are also primed and pumped and like young and full of enthusiasm. So it's going to be a spectacular match. But I reckon it's going to be hard to um, to slow down just the intensity of the Melbourne the Melbourne uh, Rugby League algorithm, which is set to win. And that's just that's just what's going to happen. The um, Troy, a question without notice, uh, early sort of early slash late mail. Have you got any um, thoughts on on any potential changes? We touched on Kikau who'll come in. We had a couple of high tackles from from Penrith players. I don't know if they've got much to be worried about. No, I think they should get off. As Ivan Cleary said, common sense should prevail. I think the Storm said they came through the game unscathed, so they probably will line up the same way they did. Um, Coruscant said last night in, in his post-game interviews that his shoulder was sweet, so I think that'll still be a talking point throughout the week, but if he gets on the park, that'll be huge for Penrith. We saw um, Delphinoukin as well get through his first uh, game in, what was it, about six or eight, almost eight weeks maybe, and um, yeah, scored a try as well, so um, yeah, they're, they're looking pretty strong. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the NRLW because we had two NRLW games uh, on the weekend. Um, Kenny, did you get a chance to cast your eye over any of these at all, or should we go straight to Troy? I like the assumption that I've done no work. No, actually, <laughs> I've watched both games because <laughs> so I'm, I'm clued off. Just <laughs> checking. Um, the, the Broncos looking unstoppable and Warriors finally strung it together. What were your key takeouts? Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the Dragons, um, I, feel, I feel for Dragons fans because I, I, I work with a lot of Dragons fans and all year they've been going, you know, the men's team sucks, don't worry. The women, we were like, this is going to be the year where our women do it for us. And, you know, glory, glory, sorry, um, you know, all hail the, the big red V and all that sort of stuff. And man, they just really didn't deliver this year. <laughs> so it's um, sort of com- compounds that um, that disappointing year uh, on both sides. But I thought the uh, the Warriors in, in, um, in that game were really, really strong. I actually had a lot, um, like if we go back to read our experts view column from a couple of weeks ago, I tipped the Warriors to do a lot better. Um, maybe even reach the grand final this year because of all the rugby sevens um, converts they had here. I really and on that. Uh, I think um, Elliot Green was just epic in that match. In fact, I'd say she's been my player of the season, um, even though she's not going to be sticking around. Um, and I thought, and that the game, um, yeah, it was played with great intensity. Uh, yeah, the Dragons. Uh, I mean, they're in there for a little bit, but the Warriors are just too big and, and too strong. And it was, um, yeah, it's is what it was. Troy the. Um... The Dragons, I tipped them to be the team to beat. I looked at that star-studded back line with, you know, Kelly, Sergis, you know, Panatani, Sam Bremner coming back. Um, and you throw in, you know, the additions of Steph Hancock and Elsie Albert into the, the forward pack. They, they just look so powerful on paper. But other than not putting it together on the field, they've had a wave of injuries. They went into this game... With 16 players, they only had three on the bench at kickoff because they had six unavailable, five injured, and then um, Shaley Bent also suspended. It just um, sort of hasn't quite gone right from pretty much the opening kickoff. Yeah, no, I think Jess uh, just in the opening game picked up an ankle injury. So they've got right the way through some of their biggest players have been hampered by injuries. Um, yeah, it makes it hard to click when you've got such a limited preparation as well when you're, you're bringing people in and out. So um, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes, I guess. 
and the um, the Roosters Broncos game. They they're the two unbeaten teams heading into this week. Um, Roosters have had their own problems with injury. They lost fullback Bovetti Walsh in the opening game. Moved uh, rugby star Charlotte Kaslik to fullback, and then she picked up some a couple of lumbar fractures, which is deeply unfortunate. So in the, to their um, their third string fullback, so they had a few headaches going into this game. But um, a tight tussle. But um, Broncos too strong in the end and potentially the, the team to beat for the third year in a row. Yeah, I was so impressed with Taryn Aitken, the way she was uh, ball playing was outstanding. And then Ali Brigginshaw just came to the fore with that extra bit of class as she always does. Uh, Tamika Upton's been fantastic throughout the whole campaign as well and she was fantastic again yesterday. I think Kelvin Wright said in his presser that they played a bit within themselves so if they go level in the grand final, that's just a scary proposition. Any watching the um, the the Broncos team, I was pretty surprised that you would move, you know, one of the greatest players, you know, in, in the history of the women's game in, in Ali Brigginshaw away from her preferred halfback role, but still able to have a, a huge impact at lock and um, Taryn Aiken, who Troy just talked about, um, showing plenty of skill as well. Uh, Ali Brigginshaw in this game had there was one moment where uh, I think I think it was a where she scored a try. And she got up and she just had, you know, that look. And that's that look of determination and like, and like, I don't know, power and enthusiasm or whatever. And she just looked like she had flames in her eyes. It doesn't matter where you move her on the field. Um, she's going to do an excellent job. And I think that's probably why, why it happened. Um, and yeah, I think she's clearly, um, you know, star of the league. And um, yeah, she had a great game. The um, Roosters didn't have a lot of luck um, early try to, to Taryn Aiken. I thought it was a bit fortuitous, kind of went behind her own player, um, debatable whether the defence was impeded or not. And then the Roosters, Troy, scored the try of the season, I thought. And then, I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't really tell if that last pass was for the ref was better placed than that we were on that camera angle. But, geez, that was a, a tough, a tough blow having that try pull back. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. That would have been on highlight reels for forever. That was incredible. I'm with you. I couldn't really tell if that was forward or not. So, um, yeah, a bit unfortunate that it wasn't awarded. What do you think going into next week? It's the same two teams. Um, potentially will be slightly different on paper. Um, we saw um, Roosters, they tried to, to rest more players than they did. They, they ended up having to use Zahara Tamara once, um, you know, their, their fullback shortage. Um, they had to throw her on the, the field but they you know know how to Southwell one or two other players uh, I think Smyma Tauf was getting a rest as well so they weren't sort of showing their their full hand what do you anticipate from the um, the GF next week? I'm sure they left a little bit up the sleeve uh, for the grand final I'm sure they didn't pull out all the tricks yesterday I think the one you alluded to there the big inclusion will be Hannah Southwell the way she just leads their defensive line with line speed and her jamming tackles I think she'll be she'll be the big inclusion and um, she could spark an upset. Because we're um, this is our last show, we went back to wrap up the grand final. Could I get from both of you a um, a player of the season so far in the women's in the NRLW, and also your breakout star of the season, Troy? I'll start with you. Um, I think Ali Brigginshaw will be hard to top for the player of the season, but Tamika Upton as well, right up there. I think um, I'm not sure if you could say she's a breakout star since she's uh, played for New South Wales before, but I think Hannah Southwell has gone to another level this year. The other one I've been really impressed with is uh, Quincy Dodd off the bench for the Roosters. Yeah, she's been fantastic. Kenny, uh, I think you said Elliot Green was potentially your player of the season, but who's your breakout of uh, of 2020? 
Well, I think she qualifies for both, right? Because she's a rugby, like, this is her first season in the NRLW. <laughs> she's a rugby sevens convert and she's, and she's going back <laughs> at the end of this year. So that's my answer for both. I just loved she, her, her pace and her, uh, her impact in, in tackles and also when it impact in defence as well, when running into defensive line, I just thought it was, was excellent. And it, and it really, really showed in the, the, game, um, the game yesterday. It was, um, yeah, I think she was great. It's been a treat having her uh, in the competition. Just such a, a pure athlete, but also the the way she's read the game from the wing. Um, like you touched on some huge defensive players. Like I kind of thought if you get her the ball in some space, she's going to be dangerous, and that's proved to be the case. But has really rocked a few players with some some big shots and some big defensive reads. Yeah, she's like she's done it all before. Like you said, she's she's an athlete, right? So not necessarily a sevens player, not necessarily a league player. Um, I think she's got some long jump or some athletics in her background as well. Like she she just knows how to get the job done. And it was yeah, like like we said before, it was her defense that really 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 um, impressed me. Especially um, yeah, the way the way she would hit uh, hit the line um, and um, the way she could just mow down attacking players, um, I thought was was spectacular. So if there's a way we can retain her, that would be excellent. But I think, um, you know, once the world returns to normal, she'll probably go back. Well, she definitely will go back to her sevens roots. Bit of talk about her playing in the origin. I think she might be a Central Coast girl. So she'd be a New South Wales eligible player. So that would be uh, pretty special having her in the um, the state of origin as well. That, that combination she had on that edge with Vanya Pelote as well, a fellow um, rugby convert, I think really helped her um, as well. Pelote, fantastic on her own, scored a wonderful long range try. Um, the previous week um for me i think player of the season as great as ali brigginshaw was i can't go past to make her up to at fullback for the broncos has been absolutely uh sensational um you know sort of taking over from chelsea baker on a more full-time basis just um, an absolute star in the making and breakout star for me for the roosters kennedy Charrington um started um on the weekend was off the bench the first two games, but just churning through massive meters, massive minutes, getting um, plenty of work done in the, the middle of the field. I think she's been absolutely uh, sensational. So bright signs for the NRLW moving forward. Almost brings us to the end, just, I guess, to wrap up a, a throw forward to next week. Kenny, I'll start with you. Storm or Raiders and why? And then Roosters or Broncos and why? Uh, so... NRLW, Storm I reckon the Roosters... Storm or... It's all right. I, Storm I, I, I know what you mean. I know Save me. Mean. <laughs> we were just ignoring that, but no, now it's been highlighted. Um, all right, NRLW, I, I actually think the Roosters might just get them here because of the, what we were saying before. There was a few players rested. Plus, really, they almost got them. Like It was, what, an eight-point an eight difference. There was uh, two Roosters tries. One yeah, was a forward pass that we believe may not have been, and one where a player was held up you know, with the ball three millimeters above the grass. So it could have been a different result. And I think, I think that's probably going to push them on and go, you know, what? we almost got them and we weren't even at our best. We know what we're in for now. Let's go out and do it. So I think I'm going to pick the Roosters there. And when it comes to Melbourne Panthers, it's going to be an epic game, but uh, those, those boys in purple will not let the man down. Cam Smith to go out a winner in 2020. Troy, same two questions to you. I'm going to take Melbourne in the NRL decider. I just think they've got the big game experience. Um, obviously, the narrative around Cameron Smith, as Kenny said, they just won't let him down. He won't let himself down. Uh, the NRLW, I think the Broncos are going to go back to back to back. They just have too much class. 
I um, think I'm going to tip the same two teams as much as I'd love the um, you know the Baby Panthers to to finish their fairy tale season off with a, a premiership. I, I feel like the Storm just look a little bit uh, too daunting, too unstoppable at the moment. And yeah, Brisbane, I think um, as close as the the game was on the weekend, as close as I think the grand final will be, as good as the Roosters have been, I think on the the big stage, your, your Brigid Shaws, your Uptons, your Millie Boyles, um, the, the superstars in that Brisbane team, Taranaki, and um, I think that might just be a little bit too hard to beat um team thank you so much for being here on our final sunday session of the year thank you to everyone who has listened throughout the season it's been a pleasure bringing you our sunday wrap-ups of the nrl and nrl w